flower plants! Hi friends, it's Erin here with the Kale Whale. And me, I'm Shannon with High Vibe Media. And welcome to an episode of the Kale Whale Show. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to, we're actually talking, our topic today is grief and how grief manifests in the body. Um, it's something that I've actually wanted to do a blog about for, I lost my dad a little over three years ago, and it was pretty um, a pivotal time in my life, and I've been wanting to kind of share what I went through with all of you guys, and it's taken me this long to actually sit down and put it onto paper and to um, collectively get together with Shannon and um, talk about it. Yeah, and I'm glad that um, we're finally doing this because um, I also experienced something traumatic, which is definitely not losing a parent, um, but I lost a best friend, aka my dog of eight and a half years this past year. And so I think that, Erin, um, you really helped me, <laughs> like you were pivotal, integral in helping me get through that. Um, and so I think that, um, I think it's high time that we share kind of what we each went through and hope that it can help other people. And, um, to just address that real quick, Shannon, like, yeah, maybe you're a dog, but I feel like there's no, you can never compare grief. You can never know what someone's going through. You know, it's a loss and a loss is a loss. Um, so, you know, to acknowledge that and it's okay to be torn up and sad over your dog um, yeah. and just to acknowledge right now that I feel like as a society there's a collective grief uh, there's a lot of heinous evil acts that have been going on with the mass shootings um, and you know there's a lot of sadness and hopelessness in society in general um, so with that being said you know we want to acknowledge that of course there's other people going through it um, at all different levels and stages and that's kind of why we want to talk about it um, because, because you're not alone right you're and not it's, alone. yeah it's easy to feel like you are alone when you're going through that and that's what the one thing that really helped me feel comfortable with the grieving process was when you said exactly what you just said that grief is grief like it's an emotion and it's a, it's a process and what those feelings are real and you got to work through them. Right. Exactly. Yep. Um, and with that being said, I just want to talk about, okay. So just like, Sh not just like, but like Shannon, I lost my dog, um, about a month ago. Um, and, I had a lot of the same emotions of when I lost my dad coming back. And as you can tell, I can barely talk about it without crying because it is still fresh and it hurts. And he was my best friend. Um, so yeah, I'm going <laughs> to tell you guys okay. <laughs> about what happens to me personally. It happened. Okay. So long story short, um, I have a reoccurring neck injury and pain. I was in a car accident in 2011 and I reversed the upper cervical spine in my neck. So um, I have neck issues and I've worked with a chiropractor to get my body in better alignment. 
<clears throat> but when I go under amounts of stress from when I was in grad school, it was really bad or from grieving, um, my neck has locked up and it's only happened really, really, really bad where I was bedridden for a week, a week or two. And that was when I lost my father and last week, <laughs> a month after I lost my dog. Um, and kind of what happens is grief manifests in the body and it forms blockages. Um, a lot of people will get it in their hips. This is where our body holds tension, hips and necks and shoulders, um, your stomach, your chest, kind of have that sinking in feeling. Um, and you can feel it move through the body. So for me, it starts in my jaw, like right underneath my ear in my jawline, almost like I'm trying to, like I, when I swallow my tears, I hold it and it just starts there. Um, trying to hold back and stay strong and keep going through my day to day with the sadness. Um, and, and then it moves down my neck into my shoulders, into my shoulder joints. Um, and what happens is it's almost like this compression in my chest where my head is pulled forward and the frontal muscles of my neck lock my head into that place so I my head it's almost like computer neck and um and it the nerve pain is so bad I literally when when it was with my father I could not and it was a month about a same thing about a month after my dad passed and now and a month after my dog's passed I'm going through the same thing so it's a I can see this pattern if I don't deal with it if I try to go right back to my life and keep going um you know, <clears throat> it's manifesting in my body. I, I, I felt the pinch a week before my neck got to this point and I didn't deal with it. I kept going, working, and going through my everyday life. And um, if I had just addressed it, I think I could have, uh, you know, maybe prevented this huge episode that I just went through. Mm -hmm. But basically, my head is locked forward. I can't turn it side to side. There's a nerve pain that radiates from the top of my deck, neck down to my finger left side, my fingertips, um, and then like shoots through my body. It's such bad pain. I can't even move. Um, so it's like an electric shock that I feel. Yeah. Um, and what got me, the only thing that really got me out of that position was going to chiropractor and acupuncture, um, and I did even did cupping this past time. So I have those weird alien bruises on my back right now. Um, so that's, that's the first thing is to get me back in that position, you know, also eating lots of anti-inflammatories and laying on ice and just sleeping. I basically slept all last week. Mm. Um, but with that being said, I think that, you know, I did cry, but it was just like, here and there and then I would just like buck up and go out for the day you know I don't know if I thoroughly let myself feel the feelings and if I had and I had addressed those um, shoulder pinches before it got to this like full-blown episode then I maybe possibly could have prevented it possibly so, yeah now when you lost Howard did you feel any sort of muscle pain or physical symptoms? Um, I definitely felt tension. I didn't, it obviously wasn't as extreme as 
what you went through um, with your neck and your jaw and stuff, but I definitely felt, you know, tension in my neck and tension in my back. And I just constantly felt like I was literally physically trying to keep it all together. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, like if you don't actively, if your muscles aren't actively clenched or something, then all hell breaks loose. That's kind of subconsciously how I dealt with it. I think, um, I agree. And yeah. then, and then also just, I remember being so tired. Like I could sleep at the drop of a hat and that lasted for weeks. I think like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. And it just, I couldn't explain it. It was like, also sleeping was the only time I wasn't crying for a lot of it too. So it kind of felt good to sleep, but um, I think it's okay to let your body sleep. You know, I think it's, okay. you need rest. It's so emotionally draining. Yeah. Okay. And your body, um, they say that your body repairs itself when you sleep. So I think that, um, that just goes to show that it is a very physical grief is not just emotional. It's very physical. Like even your body knows like, Hey, chill out. Let me right. just take a chill pill for a minute. And don't be hard on yourself. I know I'm very hard on myself. I'm still very tired from everything. I feel like um, losing Jasper is also bringing back all of the emotions I felt with my father. It's like, you know, he was my uh, comfort through Mm -hmm. my whole adult life so far. And now I have this lack of, you know, I have, of course, a very supportive boyfriend and friends and family but it's different. And I feel, um, I would say guilty or, you know, just uh, bad about sleeping and feeling depressed and tired. And I just want to move on, but it takes time. Uh, Yeah. I think you get to the point where you're like, okay, is this where you do judge yourself? You're like, okay, is this a pity party? Like, am I just allowing depression to take over me? Or is this, a natural way to feel and yeah, is it okay because yeah. I all I like Howard's death definitely changed me and I'm sure you could say the same about what you've been through but I've always been super positive happy-go-lucky like cloud nine all the time and that was the first time I'd ever experienced something like this which is crazy like I'm old <laughs> I'm 32 or I was 32 at the time and so it's just um, it's just, I feel that it's a blessing that I didn't experience something like that earlier in life, but, um, but yeah, so I, I was yeah. like <laughs> definitely depressed for a long time, yeah. you know? And I feel, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And I think like you, I, I you know, we had an identity crisis almost. It's like, Oh yeah. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? My morning routine is getting up and walking the dog and making his food and, you know, going outside, getting up and having fresh air. And mm-hmm. now I just want to stay in bed. And yeah. Same type of identity crisis. When I lost my dad, I'm like, what? Like, I don't have a father anymore. Like that feeling of like, especially during the holidays and, you know, when I would want to call him to make me yeah. laugh, like, like, what do you fill the void with? Like, it's a huge void in your life. And yeah. so you're just confused. What do you fill it with? 
what do you do? Like, oh, I have to be a new person now. Like I have to come up with new routines and things are going to be different forever. <laughs> like, I think you do though. I mean, yeah. Exactly. And obviously by doing something helpful, and I think that's kind of where we're transitioning, you know, I'm still going through it. You're still going through it, but things like we just mentioned in the very beginning, let yourself cry, let yourself sleep. Um, it's okay to feel like you're having an identity crisis journaling. I wrote a lot down. I think just like getting that off my chest mm-hmm. and talking about it. Um, I don't want to be morbid, but, and I know you felt this, but just having to be there when I said bye, like when my dad passed, you know, I, I fortunately flew home from Hawaii and made it, he died uh, hours after I got home, um, in, in, to Boston and that physical, um, that mental image of seeing him like that and same for Jasper, that's kind of what really haunted me in the first few months. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm feeling now with Jasper is like getting that image out of my head. And I feel like I keep suppressing it, but now I'm trying to replace those images with the happy, healthy version of them, their best self version. Yeah. And that's kind of what's help me in that sense um and talking about it I felt I didn't ever tell Ali'i what it was like having to to, you know take the what do they call it cut the tubes or (laughs) what is it called when you I don't know yeah when or you basically take I had to take my father off life support and just seeing the life slip from him was really very traumatizing Mm -hmm. and I didn't ever tell Ali'i about that um, for a couple years and I think I had this um, kind of resentment and bitterness towards him because I was like he didn't even know what I went through and I was holding on this like chip on my shoulder and talking about it helps when I finally told him I was like oh I can let that go I can let that resentment go like he, he cried with me and he hugged me and he under you know he understood to the best of his ability that it was something mm-hmm painful Um, dude you know what's crazy is that we you and I never even talked about that and here's where this is really tricky like it is very therapeutic to talk about details I think and since I'd never been through a loss I had no idea like how to support my friend going through something like that I would do it very differently now that I've been through a loss and I've experienced some of that, I, I remember apologizing to you even like after Howard died, you know, like I felt bad, but, but as a friend or as a support system for someone who is going through this, a grief process, like ask them about it. That's what I would say. Like get them to tell you, get them to tell you details because I'm sure you felt this way. You didn't want to just be like, Hey, can I talk about really depressing shit and cry? (laughs) It's like, I feel like I'm being such a Debbie Downer when I'm like, well, when they flipped his body over and yeah, cracking, I was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to burden. You feel like you don't want to burden other people with your pain and your memories, but your real friends or a grief counselor or, you know, there's, there are like support groups for everything from pets to humans, you know, yeah, do not hold that in. Like 
that is the one thing I can say you have to at least talk to somebody. I did see a counselor um, who helped me a lot that last so I had to come back and finish my last semester of grad school after I lost my dad and I I felt so like out of body experience like how the heck am I going to get through all this work when I just feel so empty right now mm -hmm. um, and going to her and talking about it I would just I couldn't even open my mouth it would just tears would come out but it was an outlet like it was okay. yeah you know, yeah it was okay to cry there going there to talk about me and my personal so it wasn't like I had to hold it together and right you know, that helped me so much and yeah and talking about those details like that stuff is traumatic you need to let that out and I know that my brother for instance he hasn't even um addressed all his, his emotions he's feeling from losing my dad I, he I don't even think he's accepted it yeah oh, it might be even worse for men yeah, they probably feel like they, you know, and when Ben, you know, obviously I'm married and Howard was our son, basically our yeah. fur baby. And, you know, Ben, we would take turns. Ben would feel like he would have to be the strong one and then he would break down and I'd feel like I have to be the strong one, but it's like super important for y'all to be able to be on the same page and cry together and yeah, like just be vulnerable and raw and let it let it out <laughs> yeah let it out because like i said it can you can just suppress it and it's gonna come up again even if it's five ten years down the road like you know you really have to address it um mm -hmm. another huge thing huge thing that helped me with losing my father was going to a medium um and that might sound hippy dippy <laughs> to some people <laughs> I was a little skeptical. I had someone told me to go talk to a medium and I was like, I've never experienced anything like this before, but I went into it with an open heart. It was actually on the year, uh, year anniversary of my dad's death. And I laughed, I cried. It was like, I was talking to my father. Like she, there was no way that she, she was expressing very like similar qualities. Like the first thing she said was, Oh, wow, he's got a lot of energy. He's a, he's got quite the spirit and, um, she can use the same vocabulary he used. She knew that, you know, his brother had passed and how his brother had passed and there, you know, it was very personal family. He used the, she used the same nicknames that he used to call me. Um, so, it was like I was talking to him. Mm -hmm. She said, and it made me, he said, you know what? And she said, your dad wasn't very religious, um, but he did have faith. And she said, he wants you to know that it's better than he would have ever expected, that he's, it's pure joy and bliss. And that he gets to, he has our, our dog Pepper who passed. So he's jumping from um, stars with Pepper and he wants you to know that there's no leash laws. That's <laughs> what he would say. Because he's obsessed with just dogs being able to be free. So wherever he is and wherever our loved ones go when they pass, know that they're still there with us. And it's just a different form. It's something that we as humans can't even um, understand. Mm -hmm. You know, we, it's just so out of reach in a sense. But being able to just have that um, acceptance and 
knowing that they're happy, it's us that are suffering, so we don't have them anymore. But, you know, that gave me some relief and resolve knowing, okay, well, if he's okay, you know, he he wouldn't want me to be sad and, you know, it would destroy him if he knew I couldn't move on from something like this. Yeah. For him, stay strong. So that's something I would recommend. Um, I feel like we should do some, I'm going to put some links uh, maybe I'll write, I have a, this on a blog. I'll turn this into a blog and post some links to some of the mediums. You can actually call them and talk to them over the phone and they can still connect with your loved ones. Um, I was in Denver when I did it, but my mom called her from Massachusetts and talked to her and she was able to connect to my father. So it's pretty, pretty amazing. It's pretty. I think that's good for closure. Definitely too, especially yeah. if you know, you felt closure because it was so sudden for you. Right. Um, the whole situation. So um, I think that that was definitely a, a healing situation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like being able to talk and be like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. Where oh, that was, that you was crazy when you told me about that. Yeah. It's, it is. It gives me um, goosebumps. I'm just like, really? Oh, but, you know, it's something that we just need to um, it's, find some type of acceptance. You know, you have yeah. to find some type of acceptance. So whatever brings you to that, then use that, you know. Yeah. And I think my one of mine was, hey, things are going to be different now and I can't change it. So let's do this, you know, <laughs> like get it together. Stop being... Uh, that brings us to our next point. <laughs> don't go, well, don't go off the deep end with like your diet and self-medicating and oh, all right. that, like stay, stay healthy. Like I definitely, <laughs> yeah, like alcohol. I definitely did not take care of myself. I was like, F it, like life is stupid. So I'm just, <laughs> you know, Ben and I didn't want to be home I know. at all. So you like, you know, we would just go out and go out to eat and go out to drink and overindulge because it felt good in the moment. Right. It always feels good when you're doing it, but then it's tenfold the next day, especially with alcohol because it's naturally a depressant. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been like, I feel finally happy and I'm just whatever. And then the next day it's like, why did I think this was going to help? Yeah. But it's okay. I mean, even, you know, in moderation, like if a glass of wine or two at night help you to sleep and help you to, you know, cope with some of those emotions, I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. Recognize that you're doing it and don't make it like a lifestyle. Don't make it a lifestyle. Yeah. Don't make it a routine. Right. Exactly. Oof. Um, Because then it's hard to dig out of it too. It is. I'm still digging out of it. (laughs) I know. Same. Like, oh, pizza tastes so good. (laughs) (laughs) It feels so good while I'm doing it. It does. Oh, my goodness. Um, And then with that being said, you almost have to actually do the opposite and boost your anti-inflammatories and your um, health because your vitamins, because your combating extra inflammation with stress so stress brings in inflammation into the body so you have to actually eat more healthy and have you know give your make sure you're on top of your vitamins 
um, and that you're giving yourself the best fighting chance because, you know, for me, it was like, okay, if my mind, if I can't deal with what's going on in my mind, at least I can give my body the best fighting chance by exercising yoga and running were mm -hmm. huge for me. I would run and cry and just keep running. Yeah. <laughs> feel like went numb and then I'd run back, um, often laughing, crying, sometimes choking. Yeah. Um, um, not flying everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like just like ink uh what's his name? Will Farrell on Anchorman when he <laughs> first dog, that kind of scene. Um and it's really it's cathartic, you know, it really does release some shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then yoga is huge. And I really think the reason yoga helps so much, I mean, yoga removes blockages from the body. You're you're holding on stress. When you're grieving, you're going to have some type of blockage wherever you hold your stress. If you're not deep breathing and stretching. Um, I think that reason yoga helped me so much because I didn't realize I wasn't taking deep breaths. I was taking these shallow, sad, like sunken in breaths. And then when I did actually, it's because you have that protective. I remember a dance teacher telling me when you get injured, your shoulders turn in, you kind of cave in. Her name's Betsy Fisher. She's one of my favorite professors. Um, you cave in and you're sh it's almost like a protective zone and you freeze up because your body's in this block, you know, like it puts a barrier out. And that's like basically opposite of what you want to be doing when you're injured. You want to be in the right posture with your core strong and an open heart. So basically doing open heart breathing, big inhalations and exhalations, getting oxygen flowing. That is huge. I think if you've gone through grief, you know what I'm talking about, that sinking feeling where you're, you're protecting your heart. You literally mm -hmm. have physical and mental heartache. So trying to open up at least with breath and oxygen is a start. Mm. I concur. So I never really was a fan of yoga just because I never gave it a chance um even when even when you know you were in town and I would stretch you your personal yoga instructor. yeah I had my personal yoga instructor doing yoga around me all day and I'm like oh stretching is nice um but I finally found a place here in Charleston that it's the right kind of place for me um, cool. and I won't get into that, but there's different kinds of yoga. Um, well, what kind is it? You're, you have us all wondering. Oh, well, it's, it's, and I haven't been to many yoga studios, so I can't like really comment. Don't, don't take this too seriously here. Um, but it's called Gaia Yoga in Mount Pleasant. It's right down the street from me. And it's just super chill. Like I would always judge myself um, not being able to get into a certain pose like this person and this and that, but the instructors there are very cognizant of reminding you, like, don't judge yourself and, you know, whatever this looks like, like, don't even think about it. Just, um, feel the stretch and breathe. And, you know, they just remind, were reminding me what I was actually there for. Not, not to be a perfect yoga. Cause I would like, I would also compare myself to you, you know, it's just a comparing thing. And that's normal in the beginning. When I started yoga, I was doing the same thing, seeing how deep into the poses I could get. And if I was in the right alignment, 
the more you do it, the more therapeutic it comes. Um, oftentimes I'm, I'm literally in my own meditation and breathing with my eyes closed. So. Well, that's the thing that I realized, like, it's not really about the poses. It's not. It's about <laughs> your mind. And when the first time I went there, I cried because I had not, after a year of running a business, like, by myself and learning all that and then losing Howard and dealing with all that grief. Like I hadn't actually taken time to myself to just not think and to breathe and to like be okay with what I feel and where I am right now. And so that hooked me. I was like, dude, if I could feel like this every week for an hour for five bucks, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. yeah. yeah. So I, it's a good, um, good for uh, physical strength, but it's definitely helped my mental strength. Oh, it's so, I just think more it's than anything. The best practices that for anybody, and you can start at any level and of beginner yoga. Anybody can do it. You can be 80 years old. Um, it, there's so many that we could, this could be, this will be another <laughs> podcast because. Yeah. There's so many benefits to yoga. Um, actually, the physical practice was the last asana that was added to yoga. It was all about meditation and mindfulness. Um, so, but yeah. See, so, I don't even know what an asana is. That's how not well, yoga, yoga I am. Yoga. Yeah. So there's different um, stems of yoga. So that was the last stem that was added. Interesting. Practice, which was added because it helped the body move those blockages. It helped us physically release it. And that's what it's all about is removing those blockages so you can have good prana, good flow of energy through the body without mm. having something inhibiting that. So, um, <clears throat> and speaking of, my last tip that I was going to tell everybody about is everyone said, start meditating. When I lost my dad, use meditation. And I would get <laughs> kind of bitter or aggravated when people told me that, because anytime I tried to meditate, it literally would just go in a spiral of my mind. Just You don't want to be alone with your mind. Thoughts. Yeah, it was just like, it was very difficult for me. And it still is to shut my brain off and just listen. That's how they start when I was coached on meditation through Iona, the dance company I'm on, she's like, the very first thing, Erin, you can do, this is Cheryl Flaherty. She's like, just listen. That's all you have to do is listen to the sound. Like I'm trying so hard to listen, but all of these thoughts keep coming into my head. And I remember one instructor saying, no, just let the thoughts pass by like clouds. I'm like easier said than done. Yeah. It's not working for me. <laughs> so I was introduced to yoga nidra. Um, which is a guided meditation and it brings you through a body scan. It brings you through imagery and that has been huge for me that I would do that at night when I felt so much anxiety, all these thoughts and I'm trying to lay in bed and go to sleep and having those, like I talked about those mental images that were just haunting me. Yoga Nidra, I would fall asleep on my acupuncture mat at night and I would just listen to it. And I would just crawl up to my bed and fall asleep. And it took me, it really, really, really helped me get some rest and be able to 
fight some of that anxiety. So I will link to Yoga Nidra, some of my favorite guided meditations too, in the blog. Um, because I think you should check it out if you have difficulty meditating like me. And I'm not saying that regular meditation, there's anything wrong with it. I just found it very challenging, or still do find it challenging. I haven't really dabbled with meditation, um, but when I when I do, that uh, there's an app called Headspace that I really like too. Oh, and cool. it's, I've heard of Headspace. Yeah, it's like guided meditation. Um, and meditation always sounded woo-woo to me, but all it is is just being quiet and, like, allowing yourself to not focus. Isn't it just not focus on your thoughts and just kind of shut off the chatter in your mind? Yeah, it's being totally quiet and present. And when you are present in complete state of living in the now or being in the now and physical peace – it will open up apparently i haven't gone to that that third eye or that intuitive level of our body we can tap into and maybe a possible higher connectedness to nature and well-being and our true inner self and spirit it's supposed to align and balance um and that and it's a practice the more you do it the better um, mm. I've heard people have you know huge like revolutionary changes from meditation because they feel like they finally connect to this inner core and self i think meditating in nature on hiking you know sit down at the beach or you know i think being outside and connected to mother nature really helps see and i'm a little different because i i don't think that i would be interested in the practice of it and connecting to i like the idea of being able to control my thoughts and allow thoughts in and keep thoughts at bay like choose not to dwell on certain thoughts <laughs> that's what you're supposed to let go of is the control it's not about control it's about just being totally still um but it i mean it, it i'm sure it offers control maybe control wasn't the right word I know what you mean. But like you're training yourself to get rid of negative to thoughts. not let your thoughts consume you basically. Yeah. Like you're Okay. So I think maybe we look at meditation different ways. I'm definitely um thinking of it more of like a basic like No, and and you know what there are different levels. I yeah. Think. Um I think it's good for anybody in just the basic format to we're so connect, tied up with technology and go, 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 go. And just to de like, just to unplug and zen out and just have some quiet, especially if you're a working mom or busy, busy, you know, yeah. just having some time for yourself to just listen, I think is very, very healing for people. Yeah. Whatever level it brings you to. Yeah. Quiet is huge yeah that could be another podcast that could be a whole nother podcast um and i will say too like uh for me going through this has also made me realize that i can't control what happens to me um and so and i i know we talked about this briefly um just what role god's taken in my life since howard passed like I've definitely had to lean on to 
God a lot more and not so much on myself. Um, and so for me, and I don't know, you know, what every, anyone who's listening, I don't know what everyone's religious or spiritual beliefs are or anything, but for me personally, prayer has been huge and like being quiet with God as well. And just like listening, um, and not, you know, getting that strength from, being being in his word and like having him strengthen me like I can't do it (laughs) I think that's awesome I think that yeah if I could do it if I could if I didn't have him I'd probably still be in bed crying like I agree I think that and I think that people call it what they call it Allah or meditating or the third eye or whatever it is but knowing that you're not alone and that you know it's funny because are ironic because everything that like what this whole week it's about you know I went to church on Sunday and this is I just started going in the past month I'm not I have not very you know been very religious but it's been very healing like you're saying and it's a Mm non-denominational church Christian church and he is a psychologist that talks about inner talk and inner self and letting you know first of all boosting yourself up don't talk bad. If you wouldn't talk bad about others, why would you talk bad about yourself? Um, and just letting, being okay with that. You are a child of God. You are, let, let go and let God guide you. Take some of that heavy burden off of yourself. Mm-hmm. So I had the same um, kind of points being made in church. And then two days later, I went to yoga and I was talking about letting that divine light that you're naturally given through the universe or God or whatever you call it. Let that light shine. Take that stressor off trying to figure out what it is that you're doing and just let your innate ability for creation and good, let that guide you. So I think, you know, religion can have a lot, have negative connotations in some people's minds, but I think we're all, it all boils down to living love and compassionately. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lo- a life of love and compassion. If you, you know, if you can let love into your heart and live that way, then it comes back to you tenfold and, you know. It, it's and you can help others. Loop. What'd you say? And you can help others with that right. too. Yeah. And it's it good for yourself up. and good for your friends. Yeah. You're right. And it does take that pressure off yourself. Uh, Like you said, you felt like you couldn't get through it without God. Yeah. We're not in this alone, you know, whatever you need to help you. But I think starting with just, just even just meditating on the word love or, you know, that'll help give yourself some love and it'll, it'll uh, bleed on out to whoever's in your environment, who you're around. So I love love. Well, it even feels good to talk about this with you now. And I hope I know. You know our friends and followers out there, um, please questions or comments. Um, if you are grieving or going through something lost, you're not alone. Um, you know, we're always here to talk to and I'm sending you all love. Yes. <laughs> give yourself self-love. That's huge. All right, girl. 
All right, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you. <laughs> and I'm here for you every day, anytime. And I'm still in my pajamas, everybody. It's 10.55, so it's okay to slow down once in a while. Get to work. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go get ready. <laughs> All right, everybody. We love you, and thank you for listening, and aloha.